We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast, our Monday edition Featuring Joe Castiglione coming up in mere moments. And the man who sat down with Joe C kicks it off with us as he always does. Toby Rowe. What's going on, T-Row? How you feeling? Chris Plank. I'm doing good. How are you today? I'm ready. I'm ready for what? I don't know. But I... Uh, I hope it, you're ready for a podcast. That's to be determined. We, I, don't, I guess I don't really have a choice <laughs> on that. I, I'm ready for... All right. I know that I segue back to this a lot whenever we talk. But I'm really ready for our next three classic broadcasts. Now, you and I will decide later this week um, with our with our classic games council, I guess is one way to put it. Uh, and by the way, if there's any task game... Force. <laughs> task force. There you go. Yeah. And if there's any games you want us to try to dig up and find, we'd love to do so. Hit us up on Twitter. He's at T-Row OU. I'm at Plank Show, and everybody should be following us at OU on the air. But I think I'm ready for people to hear two games that seem to be so intriguing the 20 what would that be 13 bedlam game the comeback win in stillwater which is then going to be followed up next week with the 2014 sugar bowl the win over alabama and then the following week toby you tasked me with finding a little bit more bob barry and we have the 2000 ou kansas state game during the regular season which was one heck of a game so we just need to continue to decide you know what games we want to get in there but i get I get pretty excited hearing these games. You had a pretty unique experience actually hearing yourself while you were walking by someone else's house this weekend. It was, uh, yeah, that was a first. I was on a walk Saturday when the classic broadcast was playing on our uh, 
local flagship station and uh, somebody had their garage door up and I heard them listening to the game in their garage. So that's, that's never happened to me before. Um, so I, that's pretty neat. It's pretty, I think these have been popular. Um, I think people have enjoyed, you know, in this absence, this dearth of uh, games for, uh, for us to take a walk down memory lane, either TV or radio wise and get to uh, remember some of these uh, fond memories that we have. We're, uh, Chris has done a good job only picking victory so far, <laughs> which seems to be seems to be the popular formula. Do you do you think we should ever pick a loss? Because I don't. No, 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 no. Heavens, no, never. You know what I am? I, I have kept some things because I don't. I, to me, these are these are fun to go back through. Um, not necessarily overly time consuming. So it's it's fairly easy to put them together. There's no reason to edit them down because what are we rushing to get to, right? There's no we now go ahead further in the action. Who cares? You know, there's we might c- clip out our halftime show or something of that nature. But I've I've saved it's all a global pandemic. We're not right. in a rush to get back <laughs> exactly. to anything. Exactly. But I, what what I have found interesting is I, I've waited on the OU Texas games, and I was thinking about maybe having an entire June. <laughs> of some OU Texas games because when I was just going back over the schedules, picking out a few games that we might be interested in, you know, we, and a classic game can mean so many different things to so many different people, right? Usually it's a barn burner that comes down to the last moment. We haven't really had a lot of those in OU Texas during our time, right? Um, there was the Baker Mayfield game where he hit Mark Andrews, which was incredible. Yeah. And then the comeback, but with Kyler, but the Sooners were on the losing end of that. Most of them either, I mean, Oklahoma's pretty much rolled over Texas, which are classics in my mind because they beat them, right? Every, excuse me, every OU Texas uh, OU victory is a classic. (laughs) There you go. So I'll just set you straight there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know if audio exists of the uh, Superman game. Right. But that would fall in the category of classic. Yep. Um, The game last year was a pretty good game i mean really good game i i think people would enjoy listening to it it was only a i mean correct me if i'm wrong i think it was a touchdown game and OU had 10 sacks yeah it wasn't a 10 something sacks. like that so yep. I, I would enjoy listening to that again i think the uh big 12 championship victory over texas two years ago was a, a classic i mean I I, you know it ended up ended up being a a double digit victory, but it was tight into the fourth. I mean, that's only because oh, you put it away on that Calcaterra one handed catch, basically. So uh yeah, and then you had the forty five forty, the shootout, uh that would have been two thousand and sixteen. Um I, I think that would fall in the uh yeah, I mean I don't think you're gonna have a hard time finding no. some uh Really good OU Texas games. There, there's been a lot of close ones. Some fun. of them shouldn't have been close, so that irritated Sooner fans that they were, but still they were good football games. So fill fill us in. We're going to hear from Joe Castiglione coming up in just a bit. The birds will be chirping in the background. But right. I, I think my, my big takeaway from this interview, and, and by the way, thanks to everyone who made it our most downloaded podcast last week, our Monday show, um, is is Josie's not going to get into a conversation where he's trying to lay out a date whenever things are going to be back, and I think the term was we're into um, we're into planning instead of predicting. You know, we're into preparation right. instead of predicting. And I think 
I mean, I, I said this on my national radio show Sunday night. Oh, I think this is going to be a big week. We're going to get dates this week. And then you realize, why do that to yourself? You know, when the, when, when the CDC and others allow, we're going to start having a, a better feel for the timetable. There's no reason to predict or rush things right now, right? I think that's right. Uh, let me just say this first about Joe. Um, he has been great throughout this, I think, realizing the importance of us hearing from him. Yes. Of Sooner Nation hearing from him. And I think he, in a in a humble way, obviously, realizes that people are worried. You know, people are scared, not just for their health, but for their jobs. If you all live in Norman, your entire economy, most of you revolve around the University of Oklahoma and those six or seven Saturdays in the fall. And so there's concern. And I think he realizes that we need we need to hear from him. And once a week, and he's not he's being honest, he's not being overly pessimistic he's not being overly optimistic he's just saying here's where i feel like we are right now here are the plans we are making um if we're going to play football we need to probably make a decision by this time and he's just sitting some uh honest information out there that that helps i think it helps what we talked about this week was um name in, name image and likeness which uh, was a Obviously, a big talking point last week was some uh, the move towards some legislation that could make that happen here very soon. And he gave his honest opinion about uh, what he believes, you know, athletes should be able to. He was very pro NIL and what he believes they should be able to receive compensation for and the, and the trappings that will be interesting for them to work through as an athletic department to make sure everything is done the correct way. That was interesting. And then we got into the OU Texas conversation, which brought up your point. Uh, Bob Bowlesby was on with you last week on the Big 12 show on Sirius XM, the Cotton Bowl this year. And um, so I asked Joe about that. And he basically said, you know, that's a long ways away and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And if for whatever reason, you know, he said, we have a contract with the Cotton Bowl. So that's where the game will be played unless for some reason it can't be played there. And I asked him, and you'll hear it coming up, you know, would you rather the game stay in Dallas? And I don't want to give away the whole interview, but he, so I'll just stop there. He talks <laughs> about uh, OU Texas, but he, he did say there, uh, we're into preparing, not predicting. Right. And I think that's the right answer, you know, for a, for a man in his position, uh, who cares what the I mean, not who cares what the predictions are, but there's nothing you you know if you're unless you're a physician or an economist, you know, you're just grasp, grasping at straws. Correct. You know, I could sit out here and try to guess what's going to happen. I'm not educated enough to have any idea what's going to happen. I just do what I'm told. So I think that's what we want from from an athletic department, a university, is to be ready. Whatever happens, be ready. Don't be caught off guard. And uh, I feel assured that that is the case. Now, I will say this. I have been amused at some of the fallout from your Bob Bowlesby interview about how many sports radio hosts 
are angry that he's predicting what will happen in the future. <laughs> and and then the very next segment is let's say we lose game two and then run the table. <laughs> And the SEC champ has one loss. And the <laughs> ACC champ goes undefeated in the Pac-12. Who gets in? Yeah. So uh, they don't want other people predicting, but they uh, make their whole life about hey. predicting. So it is a double-edged sword there. I, I, I'm going to – this is going to be the magic of podcasting here. I'm going to throw that quote in from Bob Bowlesby so everyone can hear it. This is from SiriusXM Channel 375. Uh, whenever – actually, believe it or not, the question started – with Holly Rowe asking him about could a pandemic like this actually lead to maybe some realignment conversations? Well, you know, the the motivation for uh, conference realignment has changed dramatically because in the past it was all about cable households. And now we're seeing uh, a decline in the number of cable households. And, and you know, it's going down one and a half to two percent a year, and it's probably going to continue to do that. It's never going to go away in its entirety, but uh, we're migrating to mobile consumption. And, you know, there's lots of different platforms out there. So, you know, I, I think we're going to see that realm continue to go down and, and the, the fees that are along with it are going to continue to go down as well. So you, it's reasonable to ask, where does the money come from to replace that? Well, um, you know, you think about uh, what you spend for ESPN Plus or some of the other um, digital platforms. Uh, it doesn't make up for eight eighty a month in uh, in your cable bill, and so um, you, you know, there's there's that whole question. Um, I, I think the thing that that is heartening about athletics and the financial components of it is that as long as you own live content. You're going to have you're going to have a chance of of doing well with it because you look at uh, the the top hundred cable shows last year, uh, ninety four or ninety five of them were live sports, and so that uh, that really is the coin of the realm. And uh, we've got a we've got a bunch of renegotiations coming up, and and uh, uh, ESPN and Fox, and there'll likely be others that are that are in the in the mix, and. Um, so that, that television money and media money is very important to us, obviously this year, even if we're playing football, uh, you have to bet that people are going to change their consumption habits. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to put a uh, hundred thousand people in a stadium when you got to sit six feet apart. And so, uh, you know, does a hundred thousand seat stadium become a 25,000 seat stadium? Uh, does a you know do students come back when when you have a policy on campus that says you can't have more than ten gather at a time? Uh, do they come back to the student section? Um, you know the, you mentioned the the OU Texas game uh, earlier, and uh, when you think about a petri dish for uh, spreading infection, can you think of one that's better than the State Fair of Texas? I mean the, the people are are jammed in there uh and uh they're enthusiastic and and i mean it's a it, it's about a perfect place to uh to transmit uh any kind of an infection and so um you know you think about how do, how does that happen how you know okay in this new normal uh, how do how do we have one of the great sporting events uh in the entire united states how do you have that uh at the cotton bowl uh, when you got to walk through uh, 300,000 uh, people gathered out in the in the outer reaches, it, it's uh, it's those kinds of things that we're going to have to think ourselves think ourselves through. And um, 
you know, they're, they're kind of one-offs, but that's a really good example. You, you know, you just wonder if, uh, you know, are people going to go to a, to a fair or a concert or a football game uh, when there's not a vaccine and when they, they acknowledge that there's some level of risk. So then obviously the, the, the response of, Hey, the Petri dish that the cotton bowl could be, I don't think, you know, some people got mad about it. I don't think that's something to where you should get mad at Bob Bullsby. I don't think he's necessarily going overboard and just laying out what, as a commissioner, you got to be a little bit of everything, right? Risk management, you got to be a marketer. But could you, I don't know, was he wrong for saying something like that? Or or how did you kind of view that, T-Row? I think that, I think the Petri dish comment was a little inflammatory to some people. Gotcha. And the idea that maybe right now we should be, we want our leaders to be leaning more optimistic than pessimistic about football. Now, um, whether, you know, it's far be it for me to tell Bob Bowlesby how to do his job. I'm just saying, I think that's what some people uh, were not happy about. Gotcha. Um, Maybe it would have been more acceptable to say, you know, we don't know if we're going to be able to play the OU Texas game in the Cotton Bowl this year. Certainly, as we're used to with 100,000 people in the stadium and 100,000 people in the state fair, um, we'll have to see how far along the we've, you know, come toward finding a medical cure at that point or how far testing has progressed and all that kind of stuff. And if it's possible, we'd love to play it there. And if it's not possible, we'll be ready for an alternative. Now, there's a good middle of the road answer and he didn't choose that answer and i think i also think there are some people who have just decided they don't like bob bowlesby you know (laughs) and and i mean you know we all have those people in our lives and and whether it's a commissioner of a sport or a coach of a team or whatever a political candidate or whatever it really doesn't matter what they say you're going to be irritated by it good point and he he is that for some people and maybe rightfully so i don't know but just he is that for some people and so I think that got under some people's skin too, but um, it really, in the end, doesn't matter because Bob Bowlesby is not deciding whether that game is played in the Cotton Bowl or not. Certainly not today. Like Joe said, there are contracts in place. And when it comes time for that decision to be made and that game to roll around, if the season's going along, my guess is it'll be played in the Cotton Bowl. And it'll be just a degree of how many fans are there. You know, is there a fair going on? If not, are we going to let fans in? If so, are we going to social distance those fans? Are we going to play in a fan-free environment? So, um, yeah, I I don't think it necessarily mattered, but I do think it lit some fuses. Gotcha. I I like to give credit to the great interviewers on it that were able to draw it out of them. That's just me. You know, that was a case of just some really good interviewers getting good questions. All right. Hey, listen, I, 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 you might've even been, I talked to my class about this at school, Mm -hmm. um, about asking questions, right. About the proper way for a journalist to ask a question. And as far as I'm concerned, give me the answer first. Like you tell me what the answer was and I'll say, I don't know what they asked, but it must have been a good question because that got a good answer. I don't have any idea what you or Holly asked, <laughs> but you, you got a great answer, so it was a good question. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's some uh, – this is going down a rabbit hole. Oh, let's go. Th- 
there is a, a belief out there that you should never, as a journalist or whatever, ask a coach, talk about dot, dot, dot. Right. You know, don't, that's a lazy question to ask. And it is kind of a lazy question to ask, but if that leads to somebody giving you a golden story or like Lincoln, if Lincoln Riley ends up telling me something about growing up in Muleshoe that I've never heard before, it was a good question. Does that make sense? No, so you're right. What, whatever you asked and I, or Holly or whatever, it was a good question because you got a, uh, an answer that went nationwide out of it. Yeah, it was good stuff. And uh, again, you can decide to take it whichever way you want. But we got Joe Castiglione to give you the straight facts uh, coming up here next. Toby, thanks as always for your time. We got Spotlight coming up tomorrow. We're about to jump on a conference call for that. And uh, the classic games this week should be fun. OU, OSU, Bedlam, the Blake Bell comeback, and, of course, the Sugar Bowl that year against Alabama. It's going to be a, a fun week for the classic broadcast, and I appreciate your time, man. All right. Stay healthy, Chris. You too, Toby. Thanks to T-Row Josie coming up here in just a bit. The Sooner Sports Podcast presented in part by AT&T, America's best network. Coca-Cola, share a Coke with a teammate, rival, or friend. Coca-Cola, official partner of the Oklahoma Sooners. And OG&E, OG&E is power at the speed of life. We'll continue on with the podcast. Joe Castiglione coming up in moments. Right now, though, we are pleased to be joined by one of our great partners, the Baked Bear here in Oklahoma. Veronica Ingram joins us. She is the co-owner you know, let's just start. Obviously, things have changed quite a bit, Veronica, but just tell me about the Baked Bear in general and what that reaction has been since opening in Norman. Well, thank you for having us on your podcast. And uh, as far as uh, coming into Norman, the community has been amazing. Our grand opening was amazing. Uh, long lines initially. Um, it has slowed down definitely since then. And uh, we are pretty involved in the community as well. Uh, we do a lot of fundraisers. We give back. Uh, we do free sandwiches for the entire uh, Norman public school system oh, cool. at the beginning of the year. Um, so that's always exciting to be out there and handing those out to teachers. Um, but we definitely uh, are involved in the community. So we love that. So uh, obviously you mentioned how things have slowed down. The whole world has with COVID-19. Can you take us through how that has affected a business a business and how you've adapted and changed? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, we've just recently gone over our sales and it's, we are 90% down in sales and overall in the shop. Um, so, but overall our um, delivery tablets like Grubhub, Postmates, mm -hmm. Um, DoorDash, Uber Eats, they have definitely helped us stay afloat. So that's been really helpful. Uh, we've reached out to communities through our Facebook page uh, and uh, going out to neighborhoods and actually having them call in and we go out and deliver custom desserts to neighborhoods. And that definitely helped us as well, keeping us afloat um, with our sales. You know, that, that's funny that you mentioned that because in, you know, as we start to kind of creep out of this quarantine, that's been one of the maybe uplifting things is to walk around the neighborhood and to, to, to be around your friends in, in a socially distanced way. Let me make this very clear. But yet you have started to find a very creative way to give back to the community. Take us through that idea as you just kind of talked about and, and how successful that it's been and how maybe even rewarding it's been for you. Yeah. So uh, our Facebook page, we have a lot of followers and, you know, we reach out um, to communities through our Facebook page. And uh, we've just posted on there that, Hey, 
hey, neighborhoods, we are willing to come out and bring custom desserts. Call in if your neighborhood is interested in having the Bake Bear out to your neighborhood. So we have been inundated with neighborhoods calling in, like through like their president of their HOA. They post it on their page and they get response, like take a quick survey. Hey, do you guys want the Bake Bear out? And they're like, yes, yes. So they call us, we set it up and we pick a day and time that works for both of us. And then they post it and then people are calling in their orders and it's been fabulous. By the way, that Facebook page is the Baked Bear Norm. You know, sometimes on Facebook pages, you might have to search it. This one straight up, facebook.com slash the Baked Bear Norman if you want to learn more. And, of course, the website, the bakedbear.com slash Norman. All right, well, obviously, there's a lot of creativity involved when you go to the Baked Bear. So do you have a, a personal favorite whenever it comes to how you build your sandwich or no? Uh, gosh, my favorite I would say is our brownies, our triple chocolate brownies. That is with, the correct answer. Yes, with uh, toasted s'mores or even our dark chocolate. Oh my goodness! Throw in some Nutella as well. I'm I'm all about the chocolate. So. Oh, same too. Now, now you've got. I'm intrigued because I jumped on the Facebook page and you have a cookie of the month, Mexican hot chocolate. Tell me about this. We do that just started May first, and um, it's a it has like a Hershey cocoa in it. Wow. And some cinnamon in it as well. And it's baked, of course. And then we sprinkle a little, just a little bit of powdered sugar over the top of it and uh, warm it up. Get it hot pressed when you come in for your sandwich. And it's delicious. You and can't go wrong. That's awesome. Now, listen, be, before I let you go, Veronica, and obviously uh, we're big fans. My family's big fans. Uh, the, the process now that we're able to slowly kind of reopen, being on Campus Corner, I know the kids are going to start coming back in the fall. Can you just maybe take us through hours and how we can still swing by and get something since doors are starting to reopen? Yeah, of course. Uh, right now we have our patio side patio is open and we have some tables up front. Um, due to the Norman shop being, you know, on the smaller side, we aren't opening the lobby quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can, you know, call in, do a curbside delivery and we'll bring it out to you. You can still walk in. You just can't dine inside. And then, um, of course, all the delivery apps that we're, you know, have available to people as well. Those are available on the front page at thebakedbear.com slash Norman, and we can learn about all of the Grubhub, DoorDash that are here to help. Veronica, listen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, As soon as we're done here, I think I'm going to go get me a cookie sandwich, an ice cream cookie sandwich now that I'm feeling it. And thank you so much for coming on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thank you, Chris. Cannot lie. Cannot lie. The Baked Bear is one of our family's go-to good conversation and obviously exciting times ahead. Speaking of exciting times, flexible payment schedules are available for Sooner Club members in 2020. Visit your online account manager or call 405-325-8000 to be a part of the team today. We know we'll soon experience Sooner Magic again, together as one. Whataburger. Whataburger is open. The drive-thru is open 24 hours a day. Or you can order online for curbside pickup available from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily. For Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma updates, please check out bcbsok.com. With regard to medical treatment, members should call the number on their ID card for answers to their specific benefit questions. Our members' well-being remains our top priority as we continue to monitor developing news about COVID-19. 
The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC website, is the best source for all the most up-to-date COVID-19 information. And Phillips 66, live to the full. Without any further ado, the athletic director at the University of Oklahoma, Joe Castiglione, sits down with Toby Rowan. All right, Joe, let's get after it here. Um, Iowa President Bruce Harold said he anticipates their school football team resuming activities uh, after June 1. That made a bunch of national news yesterday. What's your reaction to that? Well, he also walked it back a little after that comment came out. So, uh, really, you know, that that remains a possibility, of course. Uh, we've set our, our current uniform standards through May 31st. As I've said uh, probably a couple of times as we've had our interviews, you know, that doesn't automatically mean that we'll have student-athletes back June 1st or when we will have student-athletes back. But we'll, we'll stay hopeful and optimistic that it can be, uh, be in the best time frame possible. We certainly want them back as soon as we can. But until we have you know, the ample opportunity to test, we're getting better there, Toby. Every week is better. Uh, testing kits are being produced um, more and more places are offering testing. Obviously, we're going to have to facilitate our own with uh, all of our student athletes and perhaps even our staff. Uh, and then to be able to take care of the other protocols, tracing and who knows what treatment, isolation. If someone were to contract the virus once they're back on campus, and we have to plan for all of those contingencies, and we are so. The moment, uh, we'll just keep hopeful. And I think that's the best uh, best view to have. Commissioner uh, Bob Bowlesby was on with uh, uh, Chris and I think Gabe. I'm not sure who all was on the uh, SiriusXM show this week. Seemed pretty pessimistic that OU Texas could be played in the Cotton Bowl this year, uh, you know, certainly as normal. I think he used the word Petri dish at one point. Um, have you given, you know, much thought to OU Texas or is that too far in the future? Oh, absolutely. have given it a lot of thought. Uh, we've had you know, several of our uh, staff members working through various scenarios. Um, what we talked about previously, starting the football season on time, having a 12-game schedule, what would it look like with a shortened season? In other words, does that mean maybe we play just conference games and leading to a championship? Would we adjust the timing of that schedule? Uh, the OU Texas game uh, is obviously, as you mentioned, played in the Cotton Bowl, but that is a conference game. So uh, at the moment, that would be played. Now, I I believe it could still be played in the Cotton Bowl. Now, whether that means the State Fair is going on at the same time, we don't have control of that. Uh, does that mean we'd be able to fill the stands with uh, as many people as we normally do? I can't say that right now. Um, we're modeling everything, including something that would uh, resemble what what uh, a seating arrangement would look like with social distancing. So if you kind of let your mind play through that, you realize that the stadium will not be at full capacity if we are having to create a model with uh, uh, seating fans within you know, certain distances of each other. 
And we've looked at that for our own stadium as well. So, again, Toby, I know people can listen to these things and their minds can go racing all these different directions, even go numb when you hear them. But that's the job we have to try and prepare. I'm spending my time preparing. I'm spending very little time predicting. Would you be willing to have the OU Texas game on one of the campuses for a year if fans weren't, you know, if we weren't at the place where the Cotton Bowl was a viable option? Or would you, in that case, seek out another, um, you know, spot in Dallas, say the Star or something like that, that would still be neutral? First preference would to continue to have the game in Dallas, um, most notably at the Cotton Bowl. I mean, that's the tradition. Yeah. Uh, 90 years. I, I, don't, uh, I don't see that changing. Plus, we have a contract to have the game there through 2025. Now, uh, if the situation was such where we couldn't have the game there, um, we had to move it somewhere else. You know, I think all options are on the table. Uh, I know some people may not know this, or <clears throat> certainly none of us were around to see this <laughs> that I can that I know. But uh, years ago, um, well, I guess there's probably a few people around that remember this. But uh, um, in 1941, I believe um, the Rose Bowl was moved out of Pasadena. Uh, maybe the trivia question should be, where was the Rose Bowl moved? I know where it was. Um, it was moved to the East Coast on a campus of a university. So uh, it's you know, these kinds of things have happened before, and uh, traditional games have had to adjust. Um, but our plan is to continue to move forward uh, with the idea that it will be played there, and if we have to adjust, we'll adjust accordingly. Wasn't it in North Carolina somewhere? I'm trying to remember. I've, yes. I've heard this before. Yes. Yes. It was in North Carolina, um, and it was at an ACC school. Interesting. And so I'll narrow it for you right there. Um, okay. So the uh, NCAA Board of Governors, uh, you know, have, uh, have announced that they're moving in the direction or, or recommendations are coming toward this name, image, and likeness uh, proposal. Where do you stand on on that? Toby, this has been coming for quite a while, and it should have been. Uh, let's face it, there's, there's some archaic rules um, within our system. They uh, it took a while to be voted in, and it's taking a while to vote them out. But there is progress being made, and that's a good thing. Uh, this one um, has some elements to it that I think will be very manageable. And uh, we'll be focusing on how we can educate our student-athletes who have interest in pursuing this. And I'm sure this would be of interest to everyone. Not every student-athlete will have the same marketability, but they'll have the same right or privilege to pursue this if they want. Um, some of them will have their own entrepreneurial ideas, which is great. Uh, we've had some of them bubble up since I've been here, and we've been able to help facilitate how they can get 
uh, waivers so they could pursue interests in fine arts. Or uh, I remember Jackson Yules. You remember a great yeah. player a few years ago from Norman North? I bought um, a cutting board it, from him. I bought a couple things from him, too. It, <laughs> he is awesome. He's uh, amazing. We're giving him a great commercial right here, but uh, you could find him easily uh, for what he's he's doing. I, now it's his full-time business. I have a special table in my office that he made, and I talk about it all the time when recruits come in to show what, you know, what wide talents that our student-athletes have. But uh, And then, you know, there'll be some that'll have interest in, in – uh, being part of some endorsement, they'll be able to use their own social media platforms. I will say again, we won't be able to facilitate any of that uh, on their behalf. However, uh, we are already working and have been looking into ways that we can set up a piece of our program so that we can properly advise them on the kinds of things they should know and understand before they go into such endeavors. I mean, the the idea of um, financial literacy is not new to our life skills training, but this is an entirely different model. <laughs> and they're going to understand, you know, the, the role of uh, taxable income and, and accounting and what you have to report and all of those kinds of things if they haven't yet been uh, providing, you know, tax returns and they haven't had that kind of income uh, or, you know, how would you set up an LLC or those kinds of things? We're going to be able to help guide them, but they'll be on their own to try to seek opportunities. And some of them are really very easy. Uh, their, their social media um, presence is, is uh, valuable, and some will be asked to do that. I just want to make sure that they know the guidelines. On the other hand, Toby, there's things of this nature that are always brought with uh, complexities and concerns, and we'll have to have to be able to um, fully understand and, and provide the guidelines and guardrails and criteria. So uh, we keep we keep them going in the right direction, and hopefully they keep themselves going in the right direction. Good stuff for T-Rope. Thanks for downloading. Today's What's on Tap is brought to you in part by Homeland. Don't feel like getting out to buy groceries? Let Homeland deliver to your door. Visit HomelandStores.com for more details. On Wednesday's podcast, Jessica Cootie and Meg McDonald sent down with Annie Hansen, a must-download, must-listen podcast event coming up on Wednesday Jess and Meg with Annie Hansen. And on Friday, I know he doesn't listen to this pod, but we're pulling the arm and trying to get Gabe Eichert to join us because our classic broadcasts are two games that he had a key role. The OU-OSU Bedlam game, the Blake Bell comeback, and the OU-Alabama Sugar Bowl from 2013-14. Have a great week, everybody. We appreciate you downloading the Sooner Sports Podcast and listening. That's what's on tap, presented by Homeland. We'll be back on Wednesday with Annie Hansen, Jessica Cootie, and Meg McDonald right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great weekend. Boomer Sooner. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, Goal! 
You can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.